freaking hyped! Is that copyright? Excuse us, everyone. If we could please have your attention. For those of you who don't know us. So literally, no one. <laughs> I'm Lex. And I'm Natalie. And this is... A Hoe and a Housewife. Check, check. 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 Roll that shit. Roll it. No, have you seen the real where it's like, hiya, Barbie, and the girl goes, hi, Ken. Yes. <laughs> you want to go for a ride? Sure, Ken. <laughs> Welcome back, guys, to another episode of A Hoe and a Housewife. Lex, we got shit to shoot. Let's shoot the shit. Good morning. I'm having a great week, Nat. How about you? Um, honestly, phenomenal week. My husband, Rob, surprised me out of nowhere. Um, but this also just goes to show like how good of detective girls are because I knew something was up so fast. Why? Um, all week, like leading up to Sunday. Um, he was like, let's have a date night. I'll, I'm going to door dash you some food. And I was like, okay, but he never gave me a time like Sunday. He was just like, um, I'll let you know once I'm done, blah, blah, blah. So day game is done. I get a text from him. He's like, I'm actually going to take a nap. I'm exhausted. Cause he had pitched like in the ninth inning and had sat in the bullpen for like four hours in the sun. And so I was like, okay, whatever. So he says he's going to take a nap and I'm scrolling on Instagram, sending him reels. Like my toxic trait lately has been bombarding my friend him. and his green light was on. And I was like, Oh, I was like, okay, that's weird. Whatever. Didn't think anything of it. You're all, I actually, are you messaging <laughs> <laughs> my psycho girl shit. And so then I sent him a video of my dad and not responding, but he's like on Instagram. So I was like, the disrespect. So then I actually go to my locations because I was actually going to see if you were home because I was going to FaceTime you. Sure. <laughs> it really was. I was like spiraling. I was like this motherfucker. And then he, I see that his locations are off and I was like, okay, what the fuck? So I texted him. I said, why are your locations off? He was like, he was like, um, he was like, <laughs> I forgot what he said. Um, I was like, and I was like, he was like, oh, he was like, I don't know. He's like, but he's like, my something about his text messages aren't going through. <laughs> he's all, I don't know, lie. <laughs> a horrible lie. Yeah, and he was like, you'll find out in two hours and twenty two minutes. And when he sent that text message, I was he like, gave it away. Don't tell me. I was like, don't. Well, I think he knew at that point that I knew something was up because I texted him. I said, don't fucking tell me you're on the way to Phoenix right now. And he was like fuck you. Like you ruin everything for yourself. You ruin surprises. He was like, I didn't even make it an hour into this flight. And you already knew that I was fucking on the way home to you. So he literally got in Sunday night. He, they have an off day on Monday and he flew out Tuesday. And I think we both just needed it because we thought we weren't going to see each other till October. And we just both needed it more than we thought we needed it. Um, I didn't even like, I didn't cry. I wasn't, I was just really happy. I wasn't sad when he left. I was just like, that was the most romantic thing he's done for me in such a long time. Very thought out. Um, and I was, I was just like, wow, I'm like very proud of you. Cause usually it takes me asking him to do something for it to happen. Like, let's go on a date. Let's like, it's never coming from him only because like during season, it's the last thing on his mind. And so for him to surprise me on his one day off, um, was really, really sweet. It really meant a lot. So uh, we had a good we had a good thirty six hours together, and now my friends are getting here today. They're and coming I, today. 
They're coming in today. They land at 6.30 tonight. So it's like Rob left Tuesday and my best, two of my best friends are coming in town today. And I was like, this has been the best week. I love that for you, but selfishly, I'm over it. Me and Nat have, before we hopped on, we probably talked, we got on at 11. So we've been talking for about 35 minutes and we haven't chatted all week. And when I saw Rob get there, I was like, okay, I won't call her like, I have to let her have time with her man. She hasn't seen him. And now I have to give you time with your other friends. Are we kidding? But Dude, I love how I love it. No, I I literally keep saying Lex and I keep texting each other. Like she's like, damn, I should just move to Phoenix. I'm like, hurry up. There's nothing like having your best friend live with you or live within like a five mile radius of you. And not because I want to do like hood rad shit with you. It's just because like I genuinely miss being able to be like, dude, come over. I'll cook dinner or like bring the wine. Let's hang out yeah. and hang outside with the dogs. And Lex and I love this house. This this house that we have here in Scottsdale, the back, the back patio is literally our favorite. So I just keep imagining her coming up here and never leaving when she yeah. comes for her birthday. You know, it's funny too, because I'm at the point where I've been for the past two years to where like I could really up and go anywhere. And when you have that type of leniency, it's really hard. Um, especially yeah. like I was talking to one of my girlfriends because my family has always wanted to be to do like a family business opportunity. And that's something I've always wanted to do. But then like having to start planning for the future, it's like, how do you plan when there's just so many opportunities and you don't know which one to do. Um, but I know I, I do, I've been thinking like while working on opportunity on those things, I could move to Arizona because I, I also think like, yes, we are very like me and Nat thrive on dinner and literally just sitting in silence, watching movies, being on our phone, working on projects. Like we're always just thinking of things to do together. We're never just like wasting time. And I think, Living together would also just be very helpful for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so helpful. We keep talking about like how fun it would be just to have us here because I actually know – now I know a couple of podcast producers here in Arizona. And I was like, dude, we just need to get in the studio. Like even if it's for one week, we knock out like four or five episodes and then we have like that high quality footage and it would just be really cool. So we're, I'm trying to convince Alexis to move out here because especially if Rob moves, wants to do overseas baseball next year in Japan and Korea, Korea, I definitely think you should move out here. I think it's more just for the fact that like, obviously we get like, we have so much to talk to you about, but being with me and Natalie together, we have so many things that run through our minds that we don't write down. So being together, we'd be like, write that down, keeping each other accountable, yeah. <laughs> accountability Literally. partner. <laughs> The other, the other day I was like, she was like, let's talk about this. And she was like, wait, let me get my notepad out. So she writes down the topic she wants to talk about. I write down what I want to talk about. And I was like, I texted her this morning. I was like, hey, what did you put on that notepad again? And she was like, I lost the notepad. I was like, fuck. <laughs> and then she remembered, she remembered a part of it. And then I was like, oh yeah. And then we also said this. So it's like, <laughs> we're kind of, we're being apart makes it really hard, but you know what? It's fine. It's fine. It's it's all good. But I'm glad you're having a good week. I'm glad I'm having a great week. I'm glad I get to see hometown like Austin, Texas friends. Um, nothing beats having like your people here that feel like home. Yeah. So I'm really excited. But I really want to get into let's talk. Let's talk because Lex and I have been going back and forth on this and she's in a mood right now after watching the Barbie movie. Oh. So I'm really excited to get I'm really, really, really excited to get her opinion on this on the podcast. But 
Topic number one. Okay. We're country. We're country music fans. Okay. I'm a huge fan of Barstool as well. And all the podcasts that have come out of Barstool, there's the podcast called BFF podcast. There's a, a uh, the host is called Brianna, um, Brie, and then Zach Bryan, the country music artist. They're newly dating, which I usually wouldn't give a fuck. You're right. I, I don't care what famous people do with their lives. But this is where like, I'm like, dude, this is good conversation because people actually go through this in their life. So they were both in long-term relationships and very quickly got into their next relationships. But Dave Portnoy on the podcast was like, when you posted the video of you on like, of you crying because you were leaving your boyfriend's house, packing up your ex-boyfriend, you're leaving your ex-boyfriend's house, packing up your stuff. Like where were, like, were you already talking to Zach Bryan? And she was like, yeah, I was. And he was like, what the fuck? Like the other guy in the podcast was like, so you might, you were literally packing your stuff, doing a fucking like video crying on, on social media. And you were like in route to Zach Bryan's place. <laughs> and she was like, I don't give a fuck. She was like, since why, like, when do we need grace period? She was like, everybody does this in life. Like everybody is dating and moving on. Why is it that there has to be a grace period? And so I asked Lex, I said, what are your thoughts on this? Like not Zach Bryan and the girl, just more so like, what are your thoughts on a grace period? Should there actually be a grace period out of respect for your partner, especially if you were already, okay. If she was already talking to Zach Bryan, do you not think that there was already an emotional connection and that that was her foot out the door? I do. And I think that also like, we don't know her previous relationship and we don't know Zach's. No, not at all. And you just don't know, like maybe you're unhappy. Like a lot of people, relationships I've been in, you can't speak, but like all the recent, my friends and like what I've gathered from majority breakups is like, you're unhappy in the relationship before you break up. That's why you break up. So emotionally cheating, you know, we're not for it. But at the same time, like shit happens. And if you're not feeling appre- appreciated or like you're not getting attention, you're unhappy. I don't know how her and Zach started talking. I have no fucking idea. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I have so many different thoughts. It can go into two different ways, but What I was telling Natalie in the beginning is like, who cares? Literally, who cares? You're going to either listen to Zach Bryan no matter what or you're not. So why are we going to put all this attention of my – well, because we're talking on a podcast, but I'm not going to go out of my way to like really harp on his life. I don't care. Just as long as y'all are happy, do what you want to do with respectfully to your partners. Like if they were disrespectful and they were shitty partners, that's different. But like, I don't know. Maybe y'all should have a good breakup. And if you move on quickly, who cares? You're no longer in that relationship. You're no longer in it. You're out of it. It's done. And I guess my whole thing is like not about Zach, Brian, and Bray. It's more just like if personally we know friends that have gone through this. Oh, yeah. You came out of a relationship. Like do you think that there should be a grace period? One, like let's say there's two parts to this. One, let's say like you and somebody break up. How like – No. And you were together for two plus years. Do you think that there should be a a certain time before they move on? Or if them moving on to a next relationship, is that kind of like a red flag for you? And then two, like if they're – like since she was already – she admitted to already talking to Zach Bryan while she was breaking up and moving on with her ex-boyfriend – moving out with her ex-boyfriend – do you not like if you're if you're the partner? I would think like she was cheating. Dude, he, he, 
Yeah, she was cheating. And so I put it in the perspective of like, I don't care what the fuck Zach, Brian, and Brie do. It's just a good, it's a good thing because I think a lot of people go through this and they wonder the same thing for themselves. Like if they're getting out of a relationship, how long should I wait before I move on with somebody else? Or if you do happen to have this emotional connection with somebody else, how long should you wait before you go out public with this relationship out of respect for your partner? That's a great question. So there's a difference in like getting in a relationship publicly and not so publicly. For me, you, I've said this many times. I'm like a four-year break girl. I believe in grace periods because like usually when you get out of a relationship, for me, like I lost myself in that relationship. I need to figure out like what went wrong. How did I lose myself? How can I be stronger for myself when I'm in my next relationship? So again, those are the things I need a grace period for. I need to like, okay, what did I just go through? How can I like change my patterns? Whatever my response is from everything like that relationship was. And I think Grace period for myself, I think everybody needs a little bit of time to really just like evaluate everything you just went through and triage the situation. If you have emotional connection with another person and you want to date them, date them. I don't think you should harp on your ex-partner's feelings because you're no longer with them. Now, publicly, I'm always really close to a family. I love my partner's families. I'm way deep into it. And so like, Publicly, if I would have gone into a relationship quickly after my previous one, I would have not posted it publicly and I would have kept it very private for the respect of the family. And yeah, my partner, but more more so the family because they didn't know exactly what, what went on in the relationship. But I know like they really did like me and I know that they're not going to get the full story of the relationship. So I don't... You, does that make sense? Like I just would rather have it no, private for maybe just a couple months. Not like... I'm not going to be hiding in the shadows and being like, no, we can't post anything. Like, no, I'm not going to go to that extreme, but I'm not going to post like yeah. Man Crush Monday, which I never would. But like, I'm not going to post <laughs> that type of thing. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that I completely agree. It's more like out of respect for the family that you have become so close with. And then also like, I think you'll lose them how you got them, right? Like I think that if they were already emotionally connected to each other before they got out of their relationships and they dove right into this new relationship with each other you're going to lose them how you got them. And I think that yeah. it's not a good way to start a relationship. I think you're starting your relationship based off insecurity. And, based off um, insecurity and like it's, um, it's like a head rush. You get everything that you were lacking when you were in the previous relationship. So it's nice for a while. And I think that's where a lot of relationships go wrong. They dive into the new relationships. They get everything they were lacking at the end of the last relationship. And then it's the same cycle. So then midway or like, a year and a half into it, they're like, or maybe even at the two-year mark. I don't know how long people are really, yeah. I'm a long relationship type girl. And I think at the end, you start to lose interest because you didn't fix the root of the problem from the beginning. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, so those were like my, I was very curious on that. Not because it's like Zach, Brian and Brie from BFF podcast, but more so because it did happen so publicly and they did put themselves in the limelight, not saying they deserve to get the scrutiny from it. It's just more that like a lot of our friends have gone through something similar. Um, or as you are single and in the dating world, like you don't know someone's past and they could have just got out of a relationship and like dove headfirst into this new feeling with you. And so you also, that was my question. I was like, how long should, how long should one wait? Because you are very much like, I'm going to give myself time to heal. And I think that a lot of people should do that. Um, but a lot of people don't. It's also hard. You know, a lot of people, again, like if we're talking about relationships and they're getting into them for attachment, like 
it is going to be hard to not like want to be with someone when you're lonely for a while. Think about the time you were lonely in Arizona. When I first moved in here, it wasn't easy to be lonely. Was I wanting people to come over or hang out with someone? Yeah, but I also knew like I'm not at a pace, place where I can give a relationship. So like how much attention am I going to give to an individual? Um, I had met this yeah. guy, even we talked about this. I had met this really cool guy and then I just stopped texting. He's like, honestly, it's really rude if you're just not, if you're going to ask for my number and never reply. And I was like, I'm sorry. You're right. I just wanted to maybe go on place. a date, yeah. but I've changed my mind. I don't want to date anybody. <laughs> yeah. So like <laughs> it happens, but I think like, I don't know, you just really have to focus on yourself and like, we can get into that later, but um, I watched the Barbie movie and yeah. we'll talk a little bit about that. But I think that you really just have to figure out your own identity before you get into a relationship. And if you don't know who that is, you should figure that out before diving into a new relationship and thinking they're going to fix the problems. Yeah. I figured our responses would be a lot similar, but it's just, it's so, like you said, it's so hard when you're by yourself. You know what I mean? Like that attention, that head rush, it's it's very intoxicating it's and like it's very easy. Yeah. You love it. You're like, give it, give me it's that attention. You know, we're all, I don't even want to hear, I hate when people are like, you're an attention whore, like to people. Like, yes, we're all fucking attention whores. Who doesn't love attention? The fuck? Like we're human beings. We love attention. Are you kidding me? So I just wanted to get your like input and point of view on that. And the other thing I really want to talk about, and not because Alex Cooper talked about this on her podcast, but mainly because you and I recently had this conversation with two men at a bar when we were in Corpus Christi. And it really made me think that this is really how men think. And so DJ Khaled came out like back in an interview 2014 that he does not give oral sex to his longtime girlfriend, fiance, which I think is now his wife and his fucking baby mama. But that like roles reversed. It's not the, like his woman should be giving him head. Um, it's not the same for a man that men are the king and women should be praising their men. And he literally, he said, I never, ever go down on my girl. Not about it. Never going to do it. And so Lex had one point of view here, but I was like, okay, that's, I'll let you, I'll let Lex talk about her point of view on this, but, and then we'll go into like what the guys that we met at the bar it's said. And I was so, just, it's so different too. Cause my point of view is coming from like, not that perspective. What I was talking to Natalie about is when we asked a man, we we're talking one night stands in the conversation with these two men. And we asked like, would you go down on a girl one night stand? They said no. And they're like, it's different. It's just different. And so we're like, tell us how it's different because a girl will go down on a guy, right? In that situation, one night stand, I saw a reel where this girl was like, I'm going to just be for the guys on this one. She's like, vaginas hold a lot of moisture. They hold a lot of different things. When you go pee, you're out, you're dancing, you're sweating, toilet paper. Like vaginas are just a moist capture contraction type thing. I get that. I get if you don't want to go down on a girl the night that she's shaking her ass at a bar and you meet her on a Wednesday. I get that 100%. But don't also expect a blowjob after you've been sweating with that, your balls being tightly in your freaking, yep. in your gooch. No, don't expect the same. But DJ Khaled perspective is just immature and disgusting. And it just reminds me of the freaking Barbie movie. Like, yeah. Well, I think it bothered me also because he made like a comment, like it's different roles for men. You got to understand we are the king. Um, to me, that's that emasculinity. Like, 
that to me is like top secure insecurity. Like if you can't go yeah. down on a woman, why? Why? I need yeah. to know why. Personally, Lex and I are the type of girls we love to give head. I have always said like nothing makes me feel more empowered and like sexual and horny than when like I'm giving Rob head. Like me on my fucking knees looking up at him while he's while like he's watching me suck his dick. Like it's empowering because they're in their most vulnerable state. Like you are in control of that feeling that they get on their fucking dick and their balls. I love it. Not a lot of girls do and that's fine. But the comment that was made then after that by these guys was like, well is that just because you like to be submissive? Like you like to be controlled by men. And I was like, did you not just hear me say that I like to see men in their vulnerable state? (laughs) And so DJ Khaled made the same comment where it's like women are submissives and we are the ones that like, like he said, we are the dons, we're the kings and they should be submissive to us. And I just think that that is so disgusting in so many ways. And Lex was like, it doesn't, that, that stuff doesn't piss me off anymore. I'm like, it's not that it pisses me off that DJ Khaled said it and he's such a famous person and he said it on a high level. It's more that like we've had multiple men say this to us. And I now I fully believe that a lot of percentage of the men in this world truly fucking believe that. Like they won't go down on a girl and they won't uh, or they expect oral sex, but they won't give oral sex in return. Because I think that like Lex and I said, give yourself a little whore bath. I will expect you to fucking go down on me because I agree. Like as a woman, I know what goes on down there. If we are using period. vibrators for a reason, like <laughs> because we enjoy stimulation down there. Like we yeah. want to be touched. We And if there ever a woman is like, well, I don't like being eaten out, it maybe she really doesn't or maybe it's because the men before her didn't like it or made her feel insecure about it. And so maybe she doesn't want you down there because she's been told like your vagina looks weird or your vagina – like. Your labia is a little to the left. Like you never, (laughs) but really like. No, I know. I agree. When I'm beginning, like now I'm a lot different to where I am. I'm about to be 29. But when I was 21, being eaten out was not my thing. I was just very like, because all vaginas are different. I was very scared. I wasn't like about it. But now like I want what feels good and I want my partner to be all about that, whether they like, they like it or not. And if you yeah. you don't like giving head, well, then you better find a way to pleasure me because I'm your queen and you're my king and we're yeah. going to work together to make each other be our best selves and feel fucking amazing while doing it. Right. Like, are we kidding? Exactly. I, I agree with you on the statement of like being made to feel not sexy down there. And that is our most vulnerable part of our body is our vaginas. Just like a guy's dick is if he's not circumcised, if he is circumcised, if his balls, one's bigger than the other, like he has really big balls and like, you know what I mean? Like everyone has, that is the most vulnerable spot. So like, I remember the first time I was ever fingered by a man or I would say by a semi-man that was fucking in high school. You know what I mean? Like the first time I was fingered, I had a little bit of hair down. Yeah. A boy. Um, I had a little bit of hair down there because like, I just didn't know that that was going to happen. I was so innocent. I had never been touched down there other than by myself. And so, I mean, when I say a little bit of hair, it was probably like scragglies because I had just hit – I was a late you bloomer, you guys. I hit puberty. Uh, going, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I hit puberty going into fucking eighth grade. So, like, it really – it was not – there was, was not that much hair down there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That happened my freshman year in high school. So, my senior year, I'm still fucking with this guy. And he was like, you remember that time, like, I figured you had a little bit of hair down there. Like, you didn't know what – like, like clearly you had never been, like, messed around with down there. So, you didn't know to shave. And I remember feeling so insecure about myself that from that moment – moment on that him and I continued to fuck around. I always shaved my vagina. Even if I had just fucked him the night before and like I would shave and I was going to see him again the next day, I would shave again if there was like any sort of hair or like pluck hairs. And like, it's just 
like, and now that I've been with the same partner for so long, like, yeah, like he sees, like I've had to work through a lot of insecurities because of men that we used to hang out with, um, growing up, you know, in those vulnerable ages of like 18 through 21. And then like also my sexual partners in the past, like just working through those insecurities, I've had to work through that while being with Rob. But like, I used to be so insecure. If I hadn't shaved and we were going to fuck around, I'm like, dude, there's a little bit of hair down there. He was like, I don't fucking care. Like, yeah, I still want to fuck. Like exactly. you're still hot to me. And like the other night we were having sex and he, we do, when I say we haven't seen each other in five weeks, we literally have not seen each other in five weeks. Um, so we've been doing the whole nudes back and forth and things like that. And he gets, we get back from dinner and I was wearing like a really cute polka dot mini dress. And he literally like Rob started going down on me. And he, the first thing he said, he was like, he was like, he was like, I've been looking forward to eating you out. He said it in a much dirtier way, but he goes, he goes, you taste so good. And I was like, damn, that is, I literally just got goosebumps. I was like, what me? Like, because I used to be so insecure about my vagina. So like my husband of my sweet husband of five years, who I've been fucking for almost a decade now. Like when he said that it was like the butterflies you get when you are having the best sex of your life with a person you barely even know. Exactly. And so I think it's so sad that people like feel that way about like oral sex. And I hate that men make women feel so inferior. Yeah. I hope DJ Khaled's fiance leaves him for another man because while they're like married or like in their thing, he's not, you know, going down on her. And yeah. she, a guy's like, Hey, I want to go down on you. And I hope she leaves him and goes with him. I hope. I hope she's already getting her pussy, you know? Me too. I hope. Yeah. You know what? I'm not for affairs, but you know what? I hope she is having one on him. Because yeah, I hope she's having a pussy eating affair, honestly. Like I hope she's having a pussy eating festival for herself once a quarter. It's just because like if you expect your woman to be submissive and like exactly what you just said, like wouldn't you want her to feel that good too? Like you're being praised yeah. and like don't your don't you want your woman to be a queen with your queen, or your queen with your king and not just like treat her like a fucking peasant? Like <laughs> We are in 2023. We love a secure man, you know, a secure man. You know what I mean? Like we love a man that's like, I want to eat your ass tonight. You're like, yes. I'm literally going to start flicking these parasites. <laughs> like a <laughs> flick. has been calling them parasites and cockroaches. They multiply. They literally multiply They're the way that these men German think. Roaches. They multiply. German roaches. I literally cannot stand it. So be like, I just, I think it comes from security. And I think that these men that actually believe that they're so insecure about themselves and about their masculinity, but like a man that's like bent over, like, or um, even a man that's like, let me see you play with yourself. Are we kidding? What are we, you want to watch me play with myself? Like, (gasps) it's like, I think that that is the most secure thing. Cause I know that we've had friends that have had ex like past partners that have said like don't touch yourself and it makes you so insecure to touch yourself ever again in your whole life and so like I just think that men need to grow the fuck up and realize it has nothing to I do, do about like who who's dominant in the bedroom who's submissive who's king who's queen like it's all about getting the best orgasms you can get do we and live giving, one life don't you want to the best orgasm yeah. you can get. I love nothing more than when I fucking like am making Rob come by giving him head. Like what? That is the, I'm like, damn bitch. You see like, you know, when that guy cracks an egg on his muscles, that's how I fucking feel. <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay, that's fine. But can you still keep going? <laughs> yeah. Literally. The, the last night that Rob was here, I was fucked up. I was like five, six margaritas. Give me one margarita. I'm going to open my legs. That was me. I was like, 
six margaritas deep, playing with my asshole, sucking some dick. I was doing it all. I was like fucking magician. I had hands coming from everywhere. And then we <laughs> fucked for like a while. And then we go to bed and he obviously we're like asleep naked. And I, I just kept touching his dick. And he was like, can you stop fucking harassing me? I'm like, he was like, done. I don't have any more. Semen. He was like, I do not have any more semen to produce for you because I'm also ovulating, and, and we're not that we're like trying to have kids, but like if we got pregnant, we got pregnant. But I was like, I mean, keep pumping it in me, dude. Like, come on. And I, and I thought of you because the next morning I kept touching him, and I was like, now my hands are gonna smell like dick and balls all day. And I was like, I can't wait to smell my hand all day. <laughs> my hand smells like dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite co- quote from you. And so I literally said that. He started laughing. I was like, my hand's going to smell like dick all day. And I love it. I'm going to smell my hand all day. I'm going to wash this hand all day. <laughs> you know, too, like the same goes for women. Where I mean, men. We talk about labia and stuff. But like men with uncircumcised penises, they get so much hate. So much hate. Yeah. Every like we were talking about him at work the other day and majority girls were like, no, uncircumcised. I'm like, I'm, I'm not, I will say that like I, a lot of my partners did not have circumcised dicks. A few of the partners I have had, (laughs) um, have had uncircumcised (laughs) penises and I'm like, there's no problem with them as long as the man knows to keep them clean. To clean. men, if you don't know, you just, (laughs) you just got to be a little more. It's like a whore bath. No, it's like a whore bath for the girl. Yeah, but like for women to say that, I'm like, that's so fucking rude. Like, they didn't have that choice. Like, because that it's a beautiful penis no matter what. You just gotta pull it back a little bit. <laughs> well, you know what's crazy is that <laughs> pull it back. A little bit. <laughs> you know what's crazy is that it's really just a thing in the United States. Everywhere else, like Canada, Mexico, Europe, uncircumcised dicks are a thing. So, girls, if these girls that you're talking about don't go to fucking Europe because everyone's uncircumcised. <laughs> Yeah, don't go to Europe. But I, I do think because I know like a lot of men are insecure about that for the ones that are uncircumcised. And it's like, no, I just think it comes with a little bit of immaturity from women and a lack of understanding and knowledge. Like it's just a body part that we love. So it also feels better for them. Are we kidding? Like, yeah, more power to you. <laughs> more power to yeah. But Lex did go see the Barbie movie, guys. She finally went to go see it. I saw it two weeks ago, and I've been waiting for her to see it so we could talk about it on the podcast because I feel like it's it a whole is episode the, itself. It a hundred percent is a whole episode in itself, but it is now the number one movie in box office, and it has surpassed every movie that Warner Bros has ever made. It surpassed Dark Knight. So, like, it is when I say is one of the best movies, not just because it's Barbie. Like the messages that have come out of this movie, the feeling it gave me, like I love it so much. So I'm so happy that you finally saw it. So I want you just to kind of talk about what you want to talk about on the Barbie movie. I literally don't even know where to start. But first and foremost, like a lot of people I've been hearing, like, I don't know if you're really going to like it. It has a lot to do with feminism and all these things. And I'm like, all my best friends that had seen it loved it. So I'm like, okay, if I'm like the people I hang out with, I think I'm going to love it. So I go into it. I watched it. I absolutely almost wanted to give it a standing ovation because the mess- the whole movie itself is a message. And if you don't understand that or if you don't like it, then you probably might be a part of the problem. But there was just like, of course, when America Ferrer goes off on her like quote that is going to be monumental for years and years and forever to come. There's something I want that I firmly believe in in this quote, because we actually just talked about being a girl's girl 
and the whole Ariana Grande thing that came out. But there's a part where she says, you have to answer for men's bad behavior, which is insane. But if you point that out, you're accused of complaining. You're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or that you threaten other women because you're supposed to be a part of the sisterhood. But always stand out and always be grateful, but never forget that the system is rigged. So find a way to acknowledge that, but also always be grateful. Yeah. And the part about tempting men for their – and we have to answer for their bad their bad behavior stood out to me so much because i think we've talked about this before as young women in high school and college we experienced a lot of sexualizing from men that were supposed to be the adult figure in our lives and i think that it really taught us to sexualize ourselves um and i think that from a young age we learned to have to answer for men's bad behavior even though like they're in control of their own beliefs. They're they're in control of their own actions. They're in, they're in control of themselves just as much as we women are in control of ourselves. So that part stuck out to me. And then the second part was that you're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or that you threaten other women because you're supposed to be part of the sisterhood. And I think that, and I said this in the last episode, you and I have such a good group of friends that when we go out and we're traveling or we're out at bars, we are so good at complimenting other women. We're so good at dancing with other women. You know, when we were in NOLA, we were dancing with different races, ethnicities, people, men, women, gays, lesbians, transgender. We were just full of love. And we have a problem as being the loud group, being loud women, being women that are beautiful girls, I almost said girls, beautiful girls that we come off intimidating to other women, but it's, they don't want to admit that they're intimidated. Instead, their defense mechanism is being total fucking bitches to us and not being accepting and not being nice and not being um, kind, especially in our late twenties. I just feel like as you head into your 30s, you kind of start to realize who you are and what you offer and what you bring to the table and what you can work on. And it makes me so sad that women are so quick to tear down other women because of their insecurities. And they think that like, we're after your man or we're not a part of the sisterhood. We're not being a girl's girl because we look too pretty or we're trying to like be an attention whore. And yeah. And so I think that 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 part of America's dialogue spoke the most to me because I think that I've struggled with that my the the most my whole life is that especially with family members is that I stood out too much. I was the coconut of the family. I was the cheerleader. I was the white girl of the family and it was never viewed in a positive way for doing something different and 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 then I also think about friend groups that we've we've gone through t- transitioned out of and it makes me sad that people still feel that way. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I think that women should be able and men too. I think that you should be able to stand out. You stand out, you stand out if exactly. you if you choose to be be in the back and not want to stand out, that's fine too. But like why does it not make us a part of the brotherhood or the sisterhood if we are too pretty or we're too loud or we're too sexual or we're too like attention whores or whatever you want to call us. So that's the first part I wanted to talk about. I don't know if you had any, had any opinions on that, but I think that that is a lot of what we struggle through through our 20s is figuring that out. I, I 100% agree with that. I I cried. Me and the girlfriend I went with cried during that speech because it just resonates so well. Like it just it resonates so well and it's everything we feel and see and that's exactly why we speak up and who we are today and why why we say the things we do, but it's just We've come a long way. And at the end of the movie, um, 
one of the quotes tying into what you say, because Ruth Handler says, um, we mothers stand still so our daughters can look back to see how far they've come. And so like when America's going off on that rant and then you tie it into the end of the movie with that quote, like looking at my grandmother's generation and everything she went through and her life and her marriage and all the children and just all the shit she put up with. And then my mom and the way she sees like you and me, she's like, y'all are too loud. Y'all can't be wearing that. Y'all are wearing blue eyeliner. We can't. Like, there's just like, you know, the different gender generations. And I thought we have come so far. And like, we have, I, I don't know. I just, yeah, I, we're very sexualized. And one thing I was telling you too, about the movie, like my perspective is the transition of what a woman goes through. You know, you're sexualized your whole life. So then I think now what I would say you and me are doing with our podcast and like how we dress and our confidence and everything comes from a sense of like, we're going to take that power back of like, you're sexualizing us, but like, we're going to own that confidence and dress and be the power who we are. And I think like, yeah, that's the transition that I got from the movie was like, yes, I dress the way I dress sexually and I am sexualized, but like, I fucking hate that. I hate that I can't just wear whatever I want without having a man just literally gawking at me. After I watched Barbie, I was like, I'm going to wear my slick bun. I'm just going to wear my slick bun because I'm going to be confident and I'm going to feel good. Yeah. And we've talked about the slick bun before. And I was telling one of my girlfriends, I used to wear a slick hairstyle my whole life. And I think the reason I have a problem with it is because I feel masculine when I wear it. But I think it was because I was in my more like, I was wearing Dickies. I was wearing oversized shirts. Like, you know, I was just more in that era. Yeah. So wearing a slick hairstyle for me, it's not the easiest thing. So I'm doing a challenge. So every week I have to wear a slick bun three times a week. To Good. Do it. I actually feel my sexiest when I wear a slick bun, but I understand that I understand the hump you're having to go through because I went through that exact hump when I started doing slick buns because as Hispanic women, it was always taken as like but you not, were like – But not from women. I think my perspective is coming from the men. Because when I'm no no no, what I'm saying like at being a Latina woman, like being a Latina woman, and and what it comes, what you think of when you think of a Latina woman with a slick bun, it's very like she's from the fucking raza. Like you, you think does, that you're like hood Mexican, yeah. and so that to me was my insecurity. Was like people would mock me because I was like hispanic with a slicked bun and i know for you you feel like it has to do with like your masculine features but my mental block for me was is that this is coming off too mexican in a white town um where or sorry where a community was predominantly white americans i stood out and i didn't want to stand out in that way that is where i was like i I don't want people to know i'm mexican even though i look mexican i don't want it i don't want people to know it so i'm going to do everything to not be Hispanic. No. Um, So I had to get over that hump for me. Mine, not masculine features. Mine comes from the sense of like, when I transitioned from where I live to Cal Allen, I, one of my girlfriends was like, you have to wear a high ponytail because like boys, she's, we changed my hair, not because I didn't like it or because we were changing myself. It was for attention from men. She was like, you know, like if you want to crush, you have to wear your hair this way. Like you can't wear it this way. So now when I wear a slick bun, I'm just not confident in it of like, do I look good? Like, does this look good? Am I someone going to think I'm pretty? But then who gives a shit? I like it. Like if I like it. And this goes into the reel that I was telling you where this girl was like, this guy was like, why do y'all wear nude panties? Like nude panties are so like not even cute. Who would choose to wear nude panties? And she's like, you're a fucking idiot. 
we wear those for you. Like we wear nude and everything for you. So you can't see our bra when we're wearing a dress. So you can't see our panty line when we're wearing white jeans. Like we wear nude panties literally for you. And then another woman spoke on that and she's like, everything we do is for men. And if you really think about it, we like to admit that it's not because we're confident for ourselves, but usually it all rooted in the fact that we are trying to look good to get some attention from men or whichever gender you prefer. I literally, you know, whatever gender you prefer, but like I... I'm at the phase of my life where like when I get complimented by teenager, teenage girls or like college girls or women of my age and they say your outfit is cool. I'm like, damn, that means I'm slaying today, bitch. Like when a man tells me I look good, I'm like, "Mm, whatever, a girl. mm, But, mm. But that's, but I'm talking back when, like, that's how you have to transition your mindset of like, you have to be confident for yourself and whatever you want to wear, like who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Wear the yeah. trucker shorts. They're freaking masculine. We're not wearing them for men. We're wearing them because they look cute. Um, hey, I'm a huge fan. You know me. I passed I passed on a lot of my um, shorts to you as well because, uh, y'all, if there's one problem I have, it's denim. I will buy denim jeans, denim shorts, and have, like, way, way too many pairs. Um, so I'll give them to Lex. Um, but I, I'm a huge fan of trucker shorts. I'm a huge fan fan of dad jeans, dad shorts, mom jeans, mom short. I, I got to stop standing like I'm from fucking the Midwest mom. Um, but like, I think that that is almost sexier than the skin tight, skinny jeans. And I've always said, I'm also, my style's in a phase where like, I feel sexier in baggier clothes um, than I do like skin tight clothes. And that's only because again, mental block. I used to think that in order to be sexy and feminine, I had to be wearing the tightest clothes. Um, but like, I feel in trousers, like dress trousers and a crop top. Like I, I love like when you wear chic, trousers. The chic look, but like overdressed, but still like you can see my body. <laughs> but you Oh, I feel my se- I feel my sexiest when I'm wearing a trucker hat for sure. Um, really and well. Yeah, I love a trucker hat. And then if I'm wearing like um, a bodysuit with either like oversized baggy jeans or trucker shorts, like and sneakers, I that is when I feel my absolute sexiest. Um, something about a trucker hat just makes me want to go finger myself. So like, mine's I love that. Heels and a crop top. I'm like, are we fucking kidding? I love when you wear trousers. I also love when you wear trousers and sneakers and like a like a rib yeah. tank. I think that looks really good on you too. I like a sh- but yeah, the Barbie. The Barbie movie really um, did a lot for me. And actually to your comment about whole like – I love how you view the whole like we mothers stand still so our daughters can look back and see how far that they've come. I love that you are touching on the point of like how much we've come with like feminism and what our grandma grandmothers went through, what our mothers went through, and now what we're going through and how far we've come. I also view that as like our mothers truly stand still so that we can live our purposes in life and – we can look back and see girlhood, like how far we've come. And and I cried so much thinking of my mom because I think that she she got pregnant out of wedlock, you know what I mean? And or she got pregnant out of marriage before getting married. And her and my dad weren't even together. They were literally broken up. And so I think that I know that my mom um, gave up so much of herself because she had to, you know what I mean? Like she, she got pregnant young and she got pregnant with a sick kid. My sister was born with half a heart. So it's like, imagine getting pregnant, the fear of being pregnant. And then also the fear of becoming a mother to a sick child. Um, and so I look back and I, I literally could cry. Cause I used to be 
I'm sure you feel the same way too. Like we used to be such brats to our moms. Me and my mom did not get along, especially in middle school and high school. So, and her and I are literally so inseparable now, but I respect her on such a deeper level. And motherhood is another chapter of my life that I really do look forward to yeah. because I know what my mom went through to get me to where I'm at now. And I know that what she sees that what me and my brother are doing in our lives, like that's her that's truly like – she was like, okay, I think now she sees it where she's like, I know that I gave up so much of my life, but like seeing where you kids are at now is everything that I could have wanted for myself. Exactly. So I think that like – and I think then when we have kids, if, if you choose to have kids, Lex, but I know that when, when I choose to have kids, I'm going to look at them and whatever they accomplish out of life. I'm going to say I'm going to feel the same way too. Like you guys are doing everything that I wanted to do in life. And I, I'm standing still now to watch you guys do those amazing things. Um, and Whatever. I I'm going to be Chris Kardashian in this bitch. I'm going to be like, all right, you want to chase your dreams? You're not giving up. Like I'm going to be the motivational mom with, with respect of like, if they don't want to do anything, okay. But like you want to do anything, you can do anything in the whole entire world. That's going to be, you want to be president? We're doing it. And not just like, oh, I want to be president. No, we're doing it. Like we're doing yeah. everything you want to do. You're going to be the momager. You're going to be the momager. Yeah. The other quote that is literally just more not based on feminism or Ken. <laughs> Speaking of Ken, though, whenever he goes to surf to show off that he can surf and he hits like the, the way. But that part <laughs> made me laugh because even guys are in competition with yourselves. Like, hi, I can surf. Like, and they're all named Ken. So it, I don't know. The, the whole movie, if you haven't watched it, you have to watch it. It's absolutely wonderful. But the other quote that I absolutely love for my humanitarian self, when Barbie wants to go into the real world and Ruth is like, I didn't make you to to make that decision. Like I made you for an idea not to be a human pretty much. And she she says like, I know. She goes, being a human can be pretty uncomfortable. And Barbie's like, I know. And she goes, humans make up things like patriarchy and Barbie just to deal with how comfortable uncomfortable it is. And that is my favorite quote because I think that exactly like Zach Bryan, we come up with dumb shit to fill up life to make it more comfortable. Like, yeah, to me, that was my favorite quote. With all the drama and bullshit in the world. I love it. I really, truly love at the end of the, the scene where she goes to the gynecologist appointment. I thought she was about to have a job interview and she's like, I'm here for my gynecology. I love Gynecologist. That. And they're like, <laughs> and I was like, right. oh, damn. Yeah. Um, but I think it it is overall just through and through, like you said, so many different messages. The way you can view things are so different than like how yeah. yeah, perspective on things. So I I 10 out of 10, even if you are so fucking <laughs> a patriotic man, <laughs> go see the movie because it makes you feel things. It really does. And it also brings you back to your childhood. Okay. And I love the part where she said, like, give me your hand and feel. And it it I think that a lot of us just forget to really like sit down, slow down and like feel our feelings. Yeah. Um, and there's a, there's a, uh, a reel from, I think he's from the office and he talks about, he's like, we're not living. What does he say? He's like, we're living a spiritual life in a human, like in a human life. And it's like, yeah, we are spiritual beings having a human experience, not humans having a spiritual experience or yeah. Yeah. A spiritual experience. And I thought that's beautiful yeah. because we really do don't sit down and just like 
what we've always said, we have one life. Just sit down and enjoy it no matter what you're doing. Take a second and just be thankful that you're even... If you can walk, if you can breathe, if you can see, a lot of people don't have any of those advantages. No, not at all. Anytime I'm able to move my body, I've always said like, I'm like, wow, I can't even imagine like... Like I'm just so grateful that I get to like toss around fucking weights today. And like not a lot of people actually get to do that. There's a percentage of the world that doesn't get to do that. Um, But I do think that it's a reminder. That's literally like our main topic today was about like slowing down and appreciating life. And I it it really like when I say y'all should go listen to the song Vienna by Billy Joel. That is my song. That is my dad's song to me. I listen to it when I think that I'm not doing enough in life. When I think that like – I'm not where I should be. It always happens around my birthday. I always get that way. But I mean, our birthdays are coming up. And so literally my favorite song in the world. And I actually, well, I got Vienna tattooed on my hand, but I got my favorite lyric. And it's the first lyric, first verse. And it's like, slow down. You're doing fine. You can be everything you want to be in life before like your time is up. And it's just, it, that song truly reminds me to slow the fuck down. What is meant for me will happen for me. And I think that people forget that sometimes that when one door closes, another one opens and maybe that door closed for a fucking reason. Like there's a purpose for that door closing. And I used to question why for everything. Like, why did that door close? Why didn't that work out for me? But if had those things worked out for me, I wouldn't be where I'm at now. And I think that I like this person a lot more than who I was when those doors were closing for me back then. And I think that people, instead of questioning why, you should just lean into it. I think like that's, it's just scary. It's obviously scary, but like, I think that it really, that song literally teaches me like it will, if if you also, the Vienna is a port in Italy and it's the slowest city in Italy, they say, but they say like people from there just literally enjoy sitting outside and drinking coffee and like people watching. And I was like, dude, this place is meant for me and Lex. Like we we love nothing more than sitting outside and people watching and then conversing with people we find and learning about yeah and i think like i've always i have a co-star surprise i'm an astrology girl and the one like thing that i got on my on my co-star one time was like you're you're thankful for the ever-present threat of death and if there's not a quote that is like me to the t it's that one because every day i or at least every day i try um to say i'm thankful just for being awake i think about my grandma my grandpa we lost a high school classmate um, to suicide a while back. So I think about him as well as my grandparents. And every morning I'm like, okay, they don't have the opportunity to walk this earth anymore, but I do. So I'm going to just be thankful for that. Um, and that, and I, I will give myself credit. I am very ride the wave girl. Um, with those two jobs, yes, I was writing down the pros and cons, but also the way I was looking at it is Monday morning, I'm going to make a decision. I have no choice. I'm going to make a decision. So why am I going to worry? Monday, I'll make that decision and we'll ride the wave from there because that's the one I'm supposed to take. And if not, then I'll find out later when I'm riding the wave and something else comes my way. I really, really do believe that there is no coincidences. Everything is laid out for you the way it's supposed to. Yes, you're supposed to work hard for the things you want. But you're also not supposed to stress about them and waste your whole day not happy. You're supposed to just write them down like they are coming for you, work hard for them, and be appreciative of every single moment of your life. Yeah. Well, I saw this quote that was like, stop fearing the unknown and be excited for what could go right. Yeah. We're all at fault for worrying about all the things that could go wrong. And I am that person. I'm like, I'm waiting for the fucking shoe to fall off. All that I've been that way since I was a little girl and I I had the first memory of feelings. 
I am always waiting for things to go wrong because in, in my head, it's like a defense mechanism. If I'm already prepared for the worst, then I won't be as disappointed when it happens no. versus just thinking like, well, damn, this could actually go right. And I couldn't have everything exactly. I've ever wanted. And why the fuck am I putting this negative energy around me? And, but I think we're all at fault of thinking that like, if you wanted to start a business, you literally you will it. not go through. Yeah. But like a lot of people won't go through with it because they're like, well, all these things could go wrong. I don't even want to do it. Your first business Versus will be just- bad. Your first everything is going to be bad. Your first business yeah. plan is probably going to be shit because you don't know what you're doing. So then you try it again. But when we started a job at our last company, they that was their third try for a startup. It wasn't their first one or their second one. So like yeah. you have to continuously try. You can't give up. Things aren't just going to work out. But that should make you want to work harder to fix all the things that went wrong. And you talk about like the next shoe to drop. A shoe's always going to drop. Life's always going to happen. Financial problems are going to happen. Sadly, we lose people in our lives. Like there's so many things that there's going to be a lot of shoes dropping, but you just got to put the shoe back on and keep fucking running. Or find a new shoe. Yeah. Heels, preferably. Yeah. And maybe you outgrew those shoes. Yeah, Lex hates when I wear them. I laugh so much because Lex and I are the same a lot. But when it comes to outfits and stuff like that, she's like, put some heels. And I'm like, throw some sneakers on. Um, <laughs> you didn't iron your pants the other day and I was full on fledged upset. I was waiting and I knew you were going to say something, y'all. She literally messaged me and she was like, um, why are your pants wrinkled? And I said, I'm sorry. I literally wanted to be like, I'm sorry, mom. And she was like, LOL, I'm kidding, but still cute. And I, I was like, all- you're not kidding, but shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. But no, I think – I also think like um, the way that we fear a lot of things happening in life, a lot of people fear love as well. It's the same thing. It's like fearing the unknown because guess what? That relationship could be the best fucking thing of your life and it could be the hardest thing of your life. But you those, I would rather feel all the feels. I want to cry. I want to be in love. I want to fight with people. I want to know that there's fucking feelings in this world. But a lot of people fear that. For the fear of breaking their own hearts, whether it be in business, life, or love. Breaking their own hearts or no one talks about commitment. So like I was talking to a girlfriend and I was like, so you're in this relationship. Are you going to get married? Totally joking, right? And um, she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't say that. And I'm like, I'm just kidding. But like, are you going to give like this relationship a chance? She's like, I don't really know because I don't know how far I want it to go. And it's like for me, because I, I could I could resonate with that. But for me, if a a person is to come my way and I may not be ready for a long-term relationship or a full committed like marriage, actual commitment, I'm still going to give a person a chance because like I could learn a lot in a good relationship. A relationship doesn't have to be bad and end. You can have a good relationship with someone and then maybe y'all just aren't working out because I want to travel or you want to like pursue other types of dreams. Like relationships don't have to Mm -hmm. end on a bad note. And I think we also don't take these risks because we're like, well, I'm not ready to settle down. Like that's okay. But you still should give yourself a chance to meet someone and let them like give you some good a feeling if they can and treat and teach you literally have to go through like they say like go like my dad always used to say you have to oh, everybody's dad probably says you have to kiss so many bad frogs before you find your prince like it's literally so true like i want to like i used to <laughs> i want to <laughs> i used to want to i used to want to make out with everybody i didn't give a fuck like i wanted to make out i wanted to date i wanted to do it all That's because quote, I, wanted- I need to kiss all the men <laughs> all the men. Um, and I wanted to, I was like, I used to be called a fucking kissing bandit, but I didn't give a fuck. Like I was like, I want to, I think kissing is so sensual, so important, but it's just like, it goes to show that like some people are really afraid of that, afraid of dating, afraid of like finding a fuck buddy and like knowing that nothing's ever going to come out of it. But Hey, 
you might have learned some new tricks in the bedroom. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just think that you're going to learn something from every experience you go through, but like, why not just embrace it? Why be so fearful of the unknown? Why be so scared of have fun? I think that those are the type of people that are letting life happen to them versus like making life doing happen. life. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think that it's also like people think that they need to do everything by a certain age. And I also like, we were actually talking about Mark Cuban before Lex and I jumped on this podcast, but like he didn't make his first million until he was like 30 something years, like way, way, like years, I mean like 30 something years after starting, like getting into what he does now. And it just like, you don't need to have all the answers right now. Well, and guess what? You're not going to be a millionaire tomorrow. So why the fuck are you stressing about tomorrow's million dollars that you may never make? Um, instead of just enjoying life, like slow down, everything that's going to happen for you is meant, is going to happen for you. It's already meant for you. It's already destined. It's already written. You cannot mess with fucking destiny. I am a firm fucking belief. Like Rob, that's one thing Rob and I don't agree on is like destined destiny. And cause he's like, I think he thinks that like you work hard for what you get. That, like that, anytime I've told that, like, and, destiny, it all goes together. I know. <laughs> Maybe I'm saying it wrong and he's going to be like, fuck you. Like, that's not what I said. But I, I really think him and I've gotten on debates about this, about like destiny and how things that are meant for you will happen for you. Cause he's like, I think that he, he said, like, I think I busted my ass off to get to where I'm at now. Call that luck. He's like, but I think that I had to work my ass off I to do. get to where I I'm at both. now. I think both. I think. My, I think that too, but I also, I'm like, yeah, of course you had to work your ass off to get to where you're at you're not now. Be I was like, but and lazy. I think, that, no, exactly. I think you were destined to be a fucking professional baseball player, but I think that you had to work your ass off to continue to play how long you've been playing for. I, I could kind of understand in a way, cause I do think like, God, this is such like hard for me to even put out, but I could understand what he's saying. Cause I think that some people may have a bigger purpose. But I think laziness gets a lot of people. And I think like mm-hmm. opportunity, I don't know. I, I could understand where he comes from. It's quite literally what we talked about in last week's episode where it's like Johnny Manziel was the best college football player, co- college quarterback. And he was destined for that. That, was, that wasn't that was like how far he got was by pure, I think, honestly, pure fucking luck. Because once he became professional, his laziness and his sidetrack of partying and, dr- and doing out al- like drugs and alcohol became – the death of him honestly like it ended so i think it is a lot of hard work and perseverance and understanding that to get to that next level you're gonna have to bust your ass and do the next thing the guy that the person next to you isn't already doing but i do think that a lot it's it was destined for johnny menzel to do what he did at fucking texas exactly i believe in destiny i believe in it's already written in the stars and it's already written in the stars whether you're going to work hard or not. So you either do it or you don't. So I think it all goes together. And like for me, like for both of us, I feel that we do have a bigger purpose and we have this destiny and who knows what it is. But I do think like we're not just going to get it if we sit down and watch HBO Max all day. No, we have to work and figure out what we want to do and work hard to get those things. You're not going to get it just by sitting on your couch. It's not going to happen. No, absolutely. It is so funny because the other night when I got drunk, um, <laughs> I was like laying there uh, after we like we both finished. I was like laying on the couch and Rob was like sitting like on the other side, and I just I started crying. I started crying because I we talked about this a couple of episodes ago, but like being in this house, there was a lot of like a dark lot. shit that happened between me and Rob here, and we had the best three days here. And I remember I just looked at him after we finished having sex. I'm like, I didn't think we would ever get here. And I used to think that being in this house with you was like, 
a reminder of all like the horrible things that we went through. But I'm like, look at us, like we're creating so many new memories here. And I just started crying. And then I was like, I was like, but wait, like, I feel like I'm like, am I destined to do anything great in life? Like, I feel like I'm doing nothing and I want to be a mom. And then I started talking about Barbie. I was like, she literally says how mothers stand still. I was like, I don't want to stand still. And I just started crying. And he was like, Natalie, like what? You are going to do great things in life. You just have to figure out that you need to start doing the things to get there. But it was just all of that hit me at once because it's just been feelings I've been holding in about like, being in this house, but I think being in this house, I went through, I like had to heal my trauma for myself, but then being here with Rob and like us having a good three days together, that was a healing experience for us. But then it also just made me, again, I always do it every time my birthday comes around. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Like, am I only meant to serve other people? Like I literally started spiraling. But you always, you, you say that. I think it's just because like everything you've gone through, but if you look at in hindsight, Bitch, you've accomplished so fucking much. You were senior marketing manager. You, you were literally doing so much. I could the influencing I fat, like you have so many. No, I I know. We just go through it with ourselves. I mean, one of our best friends well, literally just went through it too. Like, I don't have time a for a little this. mental break. A little mental break. I've been through this. This is now going on my twentieth year of our friendship with the downward spiral in November. And we're not even hitting November yet. So really, you're having it on my birthday? Get your shit together. Yeah. Get your shit. Well, hey, at least I'm having it early this yeah. time. And then we're getting we're getting over it, okay? It's August. We got time. I'm, I'm healing it now. But you know, but Destiny, it, it, talk about Destiny. Me going and living at your house and you and Destiny. me. I do. I do. Because you and me That's have literally changed so much. We've learned so much. Lessons we didn't want to have. But... We have learned so much in two years. Bring on the rest, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I literally, I feel the same way too. No, absolutely. I just get me drunk and I get in my feelings every fucking time. I'm one of those bitches that's like, I'm either really, really happy or I start spiraling about like things that are out of my control. But again, it's like my me- the message to like wrap this up. It's truly about like, just slow the bitch, slow down. Everything that is meant for you will literally happen for you. Stop worrying about the next shoe to fall off. Stop worrying about the unknown. I literally am about to go play Vienna right now as soon as we get off this podcast and jam it out. My friends are getting here. I'm going to be fucking hood rat bitch for the next 72 hours, and I'm so excited. Oh, you're going to have um, so much fun. Tell the girls I said hi. I'm going to try to I do will. something fun today. I don't know what. I saw this thing. Lex is like, going to be starting her new job in a few days. I know. I start on Monday. I'm excited. Super excited. In a way, I'm going to be at home from 1 to 9 every day. Yay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am excited. I'm excited to work from home and get a steady paycheck. Love waitressing. Kudos to all of you that do it. You know me. I was excited for it. But waitressing in the summer, not for me. Done. Not it. Not it. No. I'm excited for you. But with that, I'm out of coffee. I'm out of water, which definitely means I need to get my ass up. I'm about to go run to the store and get some tequiqui or tequisha. We call her tequisha or tequiqui around here. Tequila. Oh. Tequila. Tequiqui. <laughs> that's what our group that's what our group message said. Randy goes, um, should we get a small bottle of tequiqui? I said, Oh, tequisha's coming out to play this to, this weekend. Um, so I'm really, really excited. I'm really um excited for you to start your job Monday. You Can't wait to Randy be Oh my God. Randy B's a fucking hoot. Randy. Okay. Y'all Randy and Lex are literally Libra sisters. They're born a day apart. Um, so they're literally the same person. So I'm really, really excited, but thanks for listening. You're in trouble. Oh, you guys. 
I've been wanting to get them two on a girls' trip together for so long because I think it would be chaotic, but in the best way, chaotic. It makes me nervous. Um, two girls missing. <laughs> yes, because Randy has gone missing on girls' trips and we don't know where she's at. Lex does the same thing too, never know where she's at. We're like, Whoop. I literally go into panic mode. Why is it that my brain instantly goes to <laughs> murder? A- ordering Uber at 8 a.m., leaving house party on the way. <laughs> Yeah. Ready for the boat literally. <laughs> you two are literally the same. Same experiences happen, different girls' trips. But thanks for listening to another episode of A Ho and a Housewife. Truly enjoyed you. this episode. We love you. Be kind to yourselves. Be patient. Enjoy the ride. And remember to go watch Barbie because it's so good. It's so good. Love you guys. Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. 